Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great. Filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to this bonus episode of Rock is Lit, which is basically part two in my continuing conversation with legendary musician, author, and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Jim McCarty. Jim has a truly unique and deeply personal story to share, one that touches on love, loss, and the quest for connection that transcends this world. Jim McCarty is not only a legendary drummer, known for his pivotal role in the Yardbirds, but also a man who has bravely embarked on a spiritual journey following the heartbreaking loss of his beloved wife, Lizzie. In this touching and introspective 2021 book, She Walks in Beauty, he opens the door to a world where the boundaries between this life and the next blur, seeking to reconnect with the soul of the woman he loved. But the story doesn't end there. Jim has channeled his emotions, his experiences, and the wisdom gained from this journey into his music, creating a hauntingly beautiful brand new song called Breath of the Wind, available now. This song, like his book, delves into themes of love, loss, and the ethereal, inviting us to ponder the mysteries of existence. I feel so privileged to sit down with Jim again, this time to focus on the personal and spiritual dimensions of his life. We'll unravel the threads of his love story with Lizzie, his exploration of the afterlife, and how these experiences have shaped his creative expression. If you've ever lost someone dear to you, felt the weight of grief, ached to connect with that person again and asked yourself, is there a chance, any chance at all, that I could reconnect with my loved one? You'll be touched and feel inspired by Jim's story and his music. I invite you to listen to my first interview with Jim wherever you get your podcast or watch the video version on YouTube in which we explore his upbringing and musical development and his incredible musical career including his tenure with the Yardbirds and beyond. We also touch on Jim's interest in an exploration of the paranormal and spirituality. In this episode, we journey even more deeply into the heart and soul of a musician, an author, and a seeker of connection, Jim McCarty.
Thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you, Christy. It's lovely to be here again. Congratulations are in order. On September the 15th, the Yardbirds UK label Demon Music is releasing your new song, Breath of the Wind, which is a beautiful song. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I, it's the, the first time I've had a solo single download. You know, yeah. it's very unusual for me, but it's nice, very exciting. So as I mentioned earlier, Breath of the Wind was inspired by your book, She Walks in Beauty, which was written with acclaimed music journalist Dave Thompson. Now you have said, this is a quote, my last book, Nobody Told Me, was the story of the best days of my life and a musical career that took me from a holiday camp in the English West Country to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. This book, She Walks in Beauty, on the other hand, begins on the very worst day of my life. June 7, 2020, with the death of my wife, Elizabeth Lizzie. Now let's back up and talk about her, just in case there are people listening who haven't listened to our first interview where we go into that. Let's get a little backstory there. You two met in a channeling class in 1996. (laughs) Now, that yeah, we, everybody doesn't meet in a channeling class. <laughs> no, no. We met in a channeling class. It was in an alternative community in the west of England uh, called Melbourne. Uh, the place was called Runnings Park, and it was uh, it was lovely, beautiful place. And we used to go there individually, you know, to get out of London and to escape the tension and, and wind down and have a calm time. And there were all lovely people there. And then we found out they did channeling. So we were quite interested, and that's how we met. We were on the, on the course. What exactly <laughs> is channeling? Well, channeling is going into a sort of meditative state, a very calm state, and you make contact with, uh, you know, some of the, um, some of the uh, guides around you, you know, the, the people that are helping you in your life. That's mm-hmm. what I believe. And, um, Everyone has them. Everyone has them around, and they're all rooting for you. And some of them are there all your life, and then some come and go. And but I, I think most people have more than one throughout their lives, and most people are oblivious to it. <laughs> Do you think that's one of the things that bound you together so tightly? Because you were a, a close couple. Was that yes. your, your that shared interest something that you think really kept you together as a unit? I think so. Yes, we were in that sort of, we were on that sort of level. We were very, a very spiritual couple. We also loved traveling and we got involved in Buddhism and we traveled to India and um, Sikkim and Ladakh and China and all these places and went to these wonderful Buddhist shrines and monasteries. And, you know, we had a, we had a wonderful time together. Okay. That brings us to the really painful part. She was diagnosed with cancer in August 2018. Yeah. So she, she basically had a two-year battle. Did you have any indication before she got the diagnosis that that could possibly be coming? Uh, no, even, even when the diagnosis came, it was um, just a little lump in her arm, in her forearm. Uh, it's called a sarcoma. Not many people know about it, but it's a very, very aggressive cancer which uh, spreads very quickly to the rest of the body. Yeah. And they, in fact, suggested she had an arm amputated to get rid of it. 
Wow. Uh, but it had already spread within a couple of months. And then, of course, it spread everywhere. It was very, very nasty, uh, a nasty cancer to get. Yeah. And we talked before, we had this kind of shared experience where I lost my husband to cancer and my mother to cancer. So your story really touched me on many levels. I know that you had her at home. You have, you're still living in France in the home that you shared, that she was treated and you cared for her at home and you had some nurses come in as the illness progressed to help. Were you able to talk with Lizzie about the prognosis, about what was going to happen? Oh, yes. We talked all the time about that and we never really gave up. That was the yeah. thing. We, we just said, oh, you, you know, it can still be a miracle. One of the nurses sort of told her one day, oh, oh, listen, you know, um, I have to tell you something that the doctor wouldn't tell you. You know, you've got no chance at all. And um, she said, oh, oh um, yeah, she said that to me, but I don't have to take it on board. There's always a hope that we were going to get through it. And we looked at various stories of other people. You know, there's some quite famous people that have gone through that and they've uh, it, they got through it, and we always thought that might happen, but it, it never did. <laughs> right. It was obviously her time I've, I've learned now since. It's been quite a revelation since that she should be still around. Okay, let's talk about that. When did you first notice Oh, I'm sensing a, a presence, or I, maybe she's not far away. When did you begin to sense that? Well, I went into studying near-death experiences and all that stuff on the internet. There's a lot of great stories about people that have died and they've come back to life and tell all about what happens when they're, when they're so-called dead. You know, Evan Alexander was the best one because he's a brain surgeon, neurosurgeon. He said, oh, my brain was dead, but I was, you know, I was alive. My consciousness was alive. So he was a good person to, to talk about it. And all the evidence was there. And then I went into studying sort of mediumship. I did a course with a, a woman called Suzanne Giesman, who's a medium in, in America. And I did the first course and I, I finished the course like it was an American time and it finished about 11 o'clock. And I went in to clean my teeth before I went to bed. And then the bathroom light flashed. Oh, <laughs> that the, wow. That was the first time. And I thought, this bathroom light has never flashed before, never flashed since. And I thought, oh, there's something going on. And then there was various other instances, which are all in the book, of course, because I learned how to contact her. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, 
I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. What did she teach you? Because I, I know that Suzanne had these, what was it, seven step, the seven step method? Tell me yeah. about that. That's fascinating. It's called the bless me method. I don't know whether I can remember it all now, but each of the letters in bless me stand for something else. And it's very simple in a way, as long as you sit quietly. And of course, Elizabeth and I had that advantage. We were very close. So, we contacted each other very close anyway. And while she was alive, she would say to me, uh, how are we going to contact each other, you know, when, when I pass? I said, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I'm dumbfounded. I had no idea. And then I realized we could do it, which was an absolute revelation for me. Well, it sounds like taking that class was, it, it was like opening a door that you were able to yeah. finally then have that contact with Lizzie. And then leading on to the to the single, the, the song. I had a session with Suzanne, and she picked up Lizzie, of course, and she was saying, oh, I've, I've got your wife here. And she says, you, you've written a song for her. And uh, 
said, oh, I, want, I want to hear it. So I sent her the song, and it was just a rough, it was just a rough demo of just me singing with the guitar. And she wrote back immediately and said, oh, oh you've really got it there, you know, it's beautiful. I'd just done it locally with a friend of mine here in the village. So I, I thought, well, it wasn't some sort of arrangement. So I sent it off to someone called Hugh Syme, who I'd worked with already on another solo album a couple of years ago, who was Canadian, who were living in America. And he wrote back and said, oh, I love this song. You know, it's lovely. Um, it's got a lovely sort of tragic beauty to it. Uh-huh. Then I didn't hear for like, must be about 18 months. I didn't hear from him. I thought, oh, he, he, he's not interested. And then all of a sudden I got this wonderful arrangement back. He said, oh, I've done this arrangement finally. And uh, I thought, well, this is it. This is lovely. Uh, and I had Terry Brown mix it. Terry, who used to work with Brush, who, you know, who's a famous Toronto producer. Well, he's English. He's living in Toronto, famous producer. And um, I got it back and then Demon decided to release it, which I'm, I'm very pleased about. Here she comes on the breath of the wind, she's sending me a deeper sound. Riding along on the butterfly wing, she's telling me she's still around. Your 2018 album was re-released in 2023. Did you not have the song back in time to put that on there as a bonus track, or did you know all along you wanted to just put it out as a single song? Well, I no, I I asked them. I remember I had it. I got it back just before they released it, but they were already in the process. You know, they've already. It was too late to put it back on. Huh? They're very sweet at Demon. They're very nice, uh, nice guys. He said to me, um, "We can't get it on the album, but we could release it as a standalone single." So I said, "Okay, <laughs> let's yeah. do that." Walking in the wild land. That song could easily fit on that album. There's a tone to the songs on that album. Now, you wrote those songs before Lizzie got sick. And and I think, didn't it come out? I know it came out in 2018. Was it before she got sick that it actually came out? Yes, it came out just before she had the diagnosis. Wow. So weird, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, do you ever go back and listen to those songs that you wrote before she got sick and hear them in a new light? You know, the album has just come out again in 2023. A lot happened to you since 2018. And I want to pick up on a a few songs and talk about some of them because I listen to it differently now. It's like things that I wrote before my husband died. They mean something different to me now when I go back and look at it. So like the title track, Walking in the Wild Land. Sights and sounds filling up my senses. I thought the time went out of where what's going on. 
it's all about communing with nature and hear some of the lyrics. I'm ready for a new communion. My mind is clear and so is my motivation. And when I'm here, there's always inspiration. And in the breeze, there sings a single melody that is gorgeous. It's just so tranquil and beautiful. It seems like it's coming from somebody who's in a very serene place. I mean, literally where you were living in, in your mind as well. Does it feel different now? Uh, I I don't know if that one feels different. I listened to the Changing Times. I was going to bring that up too. Standing here on the bridge to changing times Sometime soon I will cross to changing times Every day Yeah, that's quite different. I think to myself, oh wow, this was sort of quite a prophetic song, you know. That's exactly what I wrote <laughs> in my notes, how prophetic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. You, you say, standing here on the bridge of changing times, sometime soon I will cross to changing times. I mean, were you thinking of your own mortality then? Because you couldn't have been thinking of Lizzie's at that point. I guess so. Yeah, I guess I was thinking of myself. I guess I foresaw that something was going to happen. I was about 20 years older than Lizzie, and we always thought I was going to go before her. And she was always so concerned. Oh, what, what am I going to do? You know. And then it was the other way around, which was so weird. I want to mention a couple of other songs on that album. "Soft in a Hard Place" is another one. I think the lyrics read differently now. And here's a sampling. You're soft in a hard place of that, I am sure. I wonder what happened here before. But you will move along in the end and time. Time will be your best friend. That one's tough. I mean, that was given what happened. And I mean, there's more. You're soft in a hard place. Believe that is true. You stay till you do what you got to do. But you will move along in the end. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't seen that one before. I hadn't thought of that. But you're quite right. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. I mean, it almost makes you wonder if if you, like you alluded to earlier, if if maybe subconsciously you knew something was coming. Yes. Yes. Because in a way, there's no time. You know, there's no real time. There's no past, no future. We're all in the same time together, you know. Yeah. Especially in that sort of state when you're creating and making up a song but uh i hadn't looked at that one it's interesting isn't it here's one more from that album charmed and i'll end that discussion of that album with that and by the way i love the piano and that very high horn on that song it just sounds great
saying there, I'm charmed, charmed every day, charmed, charmed in every way. I'm charmed, charmed. There's someone there looking after me. Those lyrics, of course, are, again, were written before Lizzie's diagnosis. And do you still feel charmed? Yeah, I do, actually. I feel even more charmed, actually. Wow. <laughs> I know it's a terrible shock, and I've taken all the pain of it. Yeah. I've come out of it, or I'm coming out of it now. And considering I've been through that, you know, I, I'm still going and I'm still relatively happy. And so I think I am charmed and that there is somebody, you know, I know Liz is looking after me now. Yeah. Well, it helps that you're a creative. So you get to funnel all these feelings and, and all of the all of the grief, all of the emotion that goes along with losing someone that you love so much into your art. There's an outlet for you that a lot of people don't have. That's got to have helped. Yes, and of course, writing the book was great for me. A real uh, letting go for me, writing that, that book. Let's go back and talk more about the book. Lizzie actually gave you the idea. Yes. And it was after she was gone that she gave you the idea. How did that happen? I think that was through another medium. She came to the to another medium and said, why don't you write a blog about all these things that have happened? And then she said, well, maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be a blog. It can be a book. And that just turned out because I, I thought a bit more about it. And I thought, oh, I wonder if Dave would be interested because we did the other book. Nobody told me. And it was very successful. You know, we were great together. And I, I love Dave. He's great to work with. All of a sudden, I, I got an email out of the blue from him. He just said, how are you doing? And I, I didn't believe it. And I, I, so I rang him up and I said, oh, I've got an idea to do another book. But you're probably not going to want to do this. It's, you know, it's about the paranormal. He said, oh, I love it. I love the paranormal. So we got on with it really uh, like a house on fire. Are you finding that the more you talk about this and, and the more you write about it, do you find that there are more people than you thought who were interested in this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do, you know, I do quite a few interviews. I mean, I must say, you're a very good interviewer. I oh, must thank say. you. We have a sort of a connection. I absolutely feel that, too. I was so looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me all the right things, you know, but I have a lot like you did, you know, you say, oh, well, oh, I lost a relative. Yeah, I, I went through the same as you, and, and I'm very interested in what you've got to say. This has happened a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say to people who haven't had the opportunity to connect with their loved one once they've left, who've said, I don't understand, I'm not receiving any signs, what am I doing wrong? Yes, I can't really speak for I I don't really know the whole story. That's the thing. I only know a little bit of it, but I would say you just need to be patient. You just need to notice. You go you go into another way of of thinking and notice things and notice little birds coming to the window and thinking, this never happened to me before and little butterflies coming and flying in the room and all this sort of thing. There's things that happen and you need to be open to it. Did you actually experience butterflies coming in the room after Lizzie passed? Yes, I had all that. You know, a bird banging on the, on the window trying to get in. Wow. 
and then a little, lots of little birds coming and staying the night on the terrace and all sorts of funny things that never happened before. Talking to you makes me rethink a lot of my own experiences because I was one of those people who always said, well, I've never had an experience where I felt like my mother or my husband was contacting me. I've never felt like I've picked up on any signs. And now I wonder if I just wasn't paying close enough attention. And and actually, Jim, not long after we talked, I went to California and I had an experience that was very strange. I was in David Oman's house. He lives on Cielo Drive, just a few doors down from where Sharon Tate was murdered. I was interviewing him and he took me down to his basement. His house is supposedly haunted. And he says he has experiences all the time. In fact, he has cameras set up all around the house so that he can try to catch on video any strange things that happen. So we're talking, I'm recording him with my phone. The light started to flicker oh. and the temperature <laughs> changed and my phone oh, stopped working. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I thought of you. <laughs> Thank you. I did. And I thought, <laughs> okay, well. Yeah, well, there we are. We know very little of what goes on in the bigger picture. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, going back to the first, I guess, reading that you had with Suzanne Giesman, didn't she make contact with your mom and dad? Yeah, she did. Yeah, she well remembered. <laughs> you know, I didn't really want to contact them, to be honest. But, I mean, of course, it was, it was very nice. It was lovely. And she contacted them first. Mm. And she said, you know, I've got your mum and dad here. And, and of course, I didn't have a very, uh, very nice childhood. And they were saying to me, oh, we're really sorry, you know, the, what you had to live through. And oh, please forgive us. We're very sorry. We always loved you, you know. But, but they were apologizing. <laughs> so it's very sweet. That's amazing because Suzanne had no idea about the relationship that you had with them, did she? No, no, she didn't. No, no. And then she said, oh, I'm hearing bombs go off. And I said, well, that's all right. I was born in the war, you know. England was bombed. And she could hear, you know, she could hear them going off. <laughs> and, and, and there was a place down the road, a pub, that just got blasted, just got flattened by a bomb. And we, so we were quite close to Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What are some other interactions that you have? you've not seen her? You've not actually seen her. I haven't seen. I've dreamt about her a couple of times, but not really. You know, not really big time. I haven't seen her in the mirror or anything like that. <laughs> but she's been very present. 
there was one thing I was just ta- I was talking to her, and she said, "When you finish talking, go and watch the TV. There's a football on. There's a message." And I thought football. She never liked football, you know. So I switched <laughs> the TV on, and it was Liverpool playing. Of course, their song is "You'll Never Walk Alone." How do you keep her close now? How do you keep her presence near and your relationship as vital as it, it comes across as being very vital still? Yeah. How do How do I do it? I have to have discipline. So I, I sit down every day around the same time in the morning, and I do a sort of meditation. And sometimes I do um, Suzanne's method, like I said. And I, I just talk to her, and I, I pick up a pen, and I write in a book. So I've got a whole book full of messages, you know, and she's telling me, you know, telling me what to do or giving me information. She told me about Charlie Watts. Did I tell you that before? I don't think so. It was quite a few months before I even knew he was ill. And, no, uh, you didn't tell me about that. I thought, Charlie Watts? Why is she telling me Charlie Watts? And then a few months later, he died. So she must have t- been telling me he was going to pass, you know. Oh. Have you gotten yeah. a sense from Lizzie, any little tap on the shoulder, hey, Jim, I love She Walks in Beauty, well done. <laughs> yes, I've had all that. Yes, I've Really? That. <laughs> yes, I've had that. I've had a lot of that. Yes. She's usually very positive. It's very unusual she would say something like, oh, you know, that's rubbish. Or <laughs> <laughs> She's always very complimentary and reassuring and very positive about things and about life. But that was her nature anyway, wasn't it? Yeah. Even though she struggled physically, she was always a very positive, very sort of happy. She was like a happy person. Mm-hmm. She struggled. I mean, she was very sensitive and she didn't always like um, mixing with a lot of people. She liked to keep herself to herself. But uh, very sensitive, but always very, uh, very bright, very bright and smiley, you know. Mm -hmm. Back to the song, which, again, I just I think Breath of the Wind is hauntingly beautiful. And that word immediately came to mind as I was listening, haunting. And it's just so poignant. I'm going to read some of the lyrics to that as well. And you mentioned butterflies earlier. That made it into some of the lyrics. Here she comes on the breath of the wind. She's sending me a different sound, riding along on the butterfly wing. She's telling me she's still around. The more I really can perceive, the more she's there, the more she shares. And now I really do believe she's free of care. She's everywhere. Here she comes on the breath of the wind. She's calling me to make a leap, riding along on the butterfly wing. I need to wake up from my sleep. It's so beautiful, and it's such a companion piece to the book. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it it sounds lovely. Sounds nice being read. Well, that last stanza really gets me. Um, she's calling me to make a leap. What does that suggest? Because it, it sounds like a call to action. What are you leaping towards? She's calling me to raise my level, you know, to forget everything going on around and to raise my consciousness so I could tune in 
but you've done that. This started a couple of records back. Your lyrics got more philosophical, more spiritual, and they yeah. just continue to be that. I guess it just reflects this interest that you have in Buddhism and spirituality. Have any advice for anybody struggling with grief? Anybody? Because I, I gather that you've come away from all of this experience having a whole different view of death, that concept of death, yeah. uh, the possibility of an afterlife. What can you say to somebody who's really struggling with loss right now? I would say that their loved one is still there, their loved one hasn't died. There's no such thing. So that the consciousness lives on and uh, their loved ones are still going and they're watching over them. If, if there's real genuine love between them, they're watching them. They're, they're caring for them. And even if there's not, they're learning uh, very rapidly on the other side to, you know, to raise their consciousness and to be more loving. So I think if you've had a bad experience with someone they they want to heal that they come back and try and heal that with you so it gets very positive and you know the other side of beyond the veil is not something horrible it's not some sort of horrible hell realm it's actually quite quite a beautiful place you know and people are all ascending gradually in in the way of things that's all i know i mean i, I i'm guessing of course well, I can tell you, it's been very comforting for me to get to know you a little bit and talk about these things with you. It makes me rethink some of my losses and the possibility that maybe they aren't so far away. And that's a comfort. So thank you for that. Oh, good. Great, great. Thank you. What's next for you? More music? Another book? How about a novel this time? <laughs> I should do a novel, shouldn't I? Yeah. We'll see. It's something completely different, perhaps, like the Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to carry on doing Maybe do some more songs like this and maybe, a, you know, another album of that sort of stuff. Yes, it would be wonderful. And by the way, happy belated birthday. You just celebrated your 80th in July. Yeah, that's nice. I've had a nice time. How did you celebrate? Well, I had some friends uh, come down and stay with me, and I had a, a nice party. Somebody threw a party for me. I had some uh, some nice people turn. I had the bass player for you, too. He turned Really? Up. Adam came, and uh, JJ from The Stranglers, they were there. So, uh, yeah, there were sort of rock and roll people. All right. Well, that sounds like it was quite a shindig. Yes, it was a nice one. Very good. Jim, this has been... Such a treat to get to talk to you again. Thank you so much. That's lovely, Christy. You can find Jim's new song, Breath of the Wind, pretty much wherever you download music. I'll put links in the show notes. Keep up with Jim at his website, jamesmccarty.com, where you can find all of his social media links as well. And definitely check out Jim's wonderful books, Nobody Told Me, My Life with the Yardbirds, Renaissance, and Other Stories, and She Walks in Beauty, My Quest for the Bigger Picture, both written with Dave Thompson. Check the show notes for this episode's playlist, which includes Breath of the Wind, 
as well as some of Jim's songs from his album Walking in the Wildland. Thanks for listening, everybody.